in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoorah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn. Hello! Welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. And oh boy, have I already started recording some awesome interviews for the upcoming episodes of Bad With Money. 
That's right. The episodes are going to start soon. I've talked to comedian River Butcher, YouTuber Andrew Lau, as well as spiritual economist Patrice Washington. We also are doing episodes about pinkwashing for both cancer and LGBTQ issues. I'm super excited. I expect some controversial opinions. That's right. We're getting into veganism. I mean, it's all going to be super juicy. So I cannot wait to share those episodes with you. I'm really excited. There's a lot of stuff that I've been waiting so long to cover. On today's show, we're going to talk about how the IRS is warning some taxpayers they may have received an incorrect child tax credit letter, how stocks ended higher on Monday after a dramatic sell-off. Guys, I'm so invested in the stock market. (laughs) Pun. And how four states have fully regained the jobs lost during the pandemic. Plus, I'm going to mention a couple of articles for you to look into regarding the tragic death of Brianna Kupfer and how Puerto Rico's new bankruptcy plan does nothing for most of the island. In the second half of the show, I'm going to read your emails, Discord comments, Facebook comments, and a list of our new patrons. Okay, so I was looking into stuff that might appeal to my listeners, and I found this article about how the IRS sent letters to millions of parents who received the advanced child tax credit payments last year. And it basically told them that they needed to refer to those forms when filling out their tax returns. But then on Monday, the IRS was like, uh, actually, it may have included erroneous information. So basically, if you got a really scary letter from the IRS, it may not actually be true. And the reason I say it's so scary is because according to this article on CBS News, a tax refund is often the biggest check a family receives each year. And for me, when I would get my tax refund at the end of the year, it was honestly the only way that I could pay off some of my debts. So I know how important it is. So if you got a letter from the IRS that was like, oh my God, this is terrifying, go look and see if it's not one of the incorrect letters that was sent because it might not, it might mean that you actually have erroneous information and you might not have to do anything. CBS is recommending that you file electronically, file as quickly as possible after the IRS starts accepting tax returns on January 24th and request direct deposit. So those are three things that they are saying can help this tax season run a little bit smoother since there's been a lot of um, mistakes made, (laughs) which is very cool. Um, What you want definitely is a very powerful government organization making mistakes. You don't want that. Okay, so back to Gabby is obsessed with the stock market and wants to talk about it endlessly. And I'm sorry that we spent, I don't know, eight seasons of this show not really (laughs) caring about the stock market that much, only to just fully fixate on it. So I will be quick about this update. But I have been watching my stocks plummet, plummet. And now today they're up a little bit, but... There has been some real volatility in the Dow Jones area. It looks like it's the result of inflation and also, I guess, the impending tensions in Ukraine that I've seen some people call the new World War III, which I think is maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but I actually don't know that much about it. But anytime there's any sort of political unrest, even like the smallest amount, the stock market does some jumping up and down. So... There was a big sell-off and the stock market is a long-term game. So if you are experiencing volatility, do not panic, do not sell, do not, you know, start making moves out of fear. And I'm talking to myself, (laughs) I'm giving advice to myself, but I think it's relevant to any investor who is new or who invests small amounts like I do. 
you know, you just have to get used to the discomfort because in the end, it's much more reasonable that you will in 30 years have made money in the stock market than lost money. Obviously, there's fear of a total crash, but I think for me, I'm going to stay put and not panic in the short term. And I'm saying it on this podcast so that I have to stick to it. Our final story that I wanted to talk about, and I really actually want to get you guys' thoughts on this. So this week, CNN reported that Texas, Arizona, Utah, and Idaho have recouped all of their pandemic job losses, meaning that all the jobs that were affected by the pandemic or that were lost due to the pandemic have been reinstated and that the even though the American job market hasn't recovered, these four states seem to be doing well. I don't know if that's true. I wonder what segment of the population that is true for. This is a, a CNN business article, and it says that in comparison, California and New York were only at 70 and 60% of their pre-pandemic employment levels. So I don't know. If you live in Texas, Arizona, Utah, or Idaho, I would love to hear from you. Is this true? Is this indicative of what you're seeing? What does that mean? Were you able to get your job back or a new job? If you lost it during the pandemic, early stages, let me know. I don't like to take news like this at face value because I feel like sometimes it's just, it's just like trying to make it seem like people have it better than they actually do. So if you have some on the ground reporting from these states, please write in. I would love to know if this reflects the reality that you're seeing. Okay, talk after the break. Okay, so two stories I just want to briefly mention. One is an opinion piece on knockla.com, and it is about how late-stage capitalism and workers' rights play a part in the death of a young woman who was working at Croft House in LA, which is a, a furniture store. She was stabbed to death by a guy that came into the store, and she was working alone, which is a big thing that's come up, is that she was the only person working in the store, and people are saying it's because of labor shortages and things like that. But this article argues that she should never have been left alone in the store, that that is a bad policy in terms of workers. I mean, even if she was just working the whole store by herself, how could she possibly do that? Um, it must have been incredibly stressful on all these workers who are now like alone in their shops. And not only that, but it's leaving them open to violence and um, and unsafe conditions. So I thought it was a really interesting look at this tragedy. If you want to read the article and how it, it might be a call for safer working conditions, you know, for people who are on minimum wage or who are, you know, doing this harder work by themselves just to keep businesses profitable, you know, it's costing their lives either from COVID or from really scary situations like the one that this 24-year-old student who was working at this furniture store faced. So yes, uh, let me know what you think about this article. I just thought it was a really interesting take. And the last thing I want to mention is an MSNBC article about Puerto Rico and all the bankruptcy that they are going through. Um, there's a huge public debt problem, and a lot of it's based in colonialism. You can read it in the description of this episode. I'll put the link. 
But it was a really interesting article for me to read because it really breaks down how colonialism is working against Puerto Rico today. Now, we're going to read your emails and comments, which I always love to do. Okay, so here is an email from Sam, and it says, Dear Gabby, first off, thank you for all the hard work you put into your show. I started listening to it as a broke college student and still do as today in grad school. Oh, nice. Now I'm starting the next step in my bad with money journey, paying off my student loans. I've listened to every episode of yours on this topic, by the way. Thank you for producing them. I've made some small payments here and there, but now I'm debating between saving up hopefully larger amounts to pay off the loans or continuing to make smaller payments now. To further complicate matters, my current job contract is up in just a few months, right when my deadline, the president's freeze, is up on May 1st. Aw, damn. I am applying for full-time jobs now, but I'm not very optimistic with the pandemic's effects on some career fields. I just don't want to wind up unemployed with a lot of debt to pay on my mom's couch. Listen, living with your mom, there's nothing to be ashamed of. As someone who has, as you mentioned on the show, student loans, do you have any advice you can pass on? How did you start to pay yours while managing the stress surrounding them? Thank you again, Sam, a grateful grad student. I went and looked at my loans and I looked at which ones had the highest interest and then I started paying those first. Honestly, I I went really slowly and I made sure to pay off the ones that had 14% interest versus the ones that had like 3% interest. So I was pretty strategic about what order I paid them off in and I think that really helped. Okay, here's another email from Chris and it says, Hi, I just discovered your show and I love everything it stands for and does. I'm not sure if you've covered this before, but in case not, do you have any advice about ESG, environmental social governance, aka socially responsible investing? Since the latest racial reckoning, I've been thinking a lot about how every choice matters and how that also applies to my investments. Any advice would be much appreciated. Chris. Chris, have I got an amazing (laughs) bit of news for you. Our very first new episode that's going to come out is all about ESGs. We are going to get into it with Kevin Matthews. And you should definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled for that episode. I'm so glad you wrote in requesting that because we are going to give it to you. So I really, our first episode back is all about ESG. So you're going to get as much information as you could ever want from an expert. Okay, here's another email. Dear Gabby, I love the show. I've been listening for a while and listen to the episodes the day they are posted now. Woo! In a recent episode, a guest mentioned setting aside money for charity, and you mentioned being raised with this as well. It would be great to have an episode on various forms of giving, if you haven't already. Hassan Minaj appeared on a Canadian show talking about the benefits of being oriented to your community through the Muslim practice of zakat. As someone who is not religious, I am now thinking about where I want to donate now that I have a full-time job. I'm supporting independent journalism and my favorite podcasts. And then there's some other really good guest ideas, but I won't spoil those for you. I have to mention how my workplace has been in the pandemic. I have a hybrid schedule for now, but my institution clearly doesn't want to keep hybrid work in place and wants us to be grateful we have hybrid at all. Plus, my unit had come in during the Omicron wave when other units didn't without hazard pay. Ooh, that sucks. The reasons I've been told we will have to come back in include, it's what we did before, people commuted from XX faraway place every day, efficiency, and creativity. We are still risking getting long COVID, and those are the best reasons they can give us. I would love to keep my hybrid schedule because then I wouldn't have to deal with my not super queer friendly workplace, for one. They seem determined to use a corporate script that tells them exactly what to do when someone introduces new pronouns, but they don't know how to help everyone thrive. My coworkers don't understand that I, as a queer woman, call my cisgender male partner my partner and not my husband since we got married. 
Thank you for all you do, loyal listener. I would love to hear more about the Muslim practice of zakat. It would be really cool to do an episode about um, different communities and the way that they practice charity. Since we talked about tzedakah on this show, which is the Jewish form of doing that. So this is a Facebook comment from Tino Bambino. It says, looking forward to listening to this as both a vegan and a small scale veg farmer, the only one in my family. So I farm by choice. That's super cool. And guess what? We have a vegan episode coming up. Oh my God, you guys are predicting what kind of episodes we're going to do. And I, that makes me excited because it means you want them. Okay, so this is a Facebook comment that was about our fast fashion episode where uh, we mentioned a company that suggests that everyone just wear jumpsuits. I think it was like jumpsuit.it maybe. go. It's I think it's linked in the description of that episode. But this person wrote, I had some feelings about the idea of getting rid of fashion altogether and wearing jumpsuits. I'm on the spectrum and I have a lot of sensory issues around clothing and the thought of being limited to just a jumpsuit <laughs> sounds absolutely horrible to me. I like the idea in theory because fashion is definitely used to perpetuate capitalism and separate us via class in multiple ways, but it can't be ignored that so many people have clothing sensory issues. Yes, yes, speak on it, yes. And then this person wrote, fashion is a creative outlet for me. It isn't necessarily expensive or a big part of my budget, but I don't think human uniforms are a panacea for the class problems that can be exacerbated by fashion. I love this discussion. This discussion is the sort of nitty gritty we love on this show. This person wrote, I had a school uniform and people always found ways to signal their economic status. Yeah, me too. That was the same at my school with uniforms. Fashion per se is not the problem here. Horse before the cart. And then this person responded, same for me, especially as a non-binary person. I like the idea in theory, parts of it at least, and I see where the idea comes from, but I'm not taking a solid stance in either direction. The idea of jumpsuits specifically just has my sensory issues crawling at the thought. So what did you guys, I wanted to hear more of what people thought about the jumpsuit situation because it seems like obvious, but it also seems like so weird. I don't know. I go back and forth on whether I would like it. So let me know, write in and let me know if you would wear the same jumpsuit every day. <laughs> and now our patrons are Christine, Molly, David, Ruel, and Amy. Thank you so much for joining patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn, where you can find behind the scenes stuff of Bad With Money and also essays and live Q&As. Okay, well, that is our show for this week. If you want to email me, email me at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. You can join our online communities. We are on Instagram, TikTok, Discord, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be in the episode description. And don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Thanks. Bye. Done.